You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and lover of LeBron James. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Stop that blast for me. <laughs> well, Warriors just went up 2, two nothing. I really thought Cleveland was going to get tonight. I thought they were going to win on tonight's game. And, I thought man. there was zero chance they are going to win tonight. <laughs> They got smoke. Steph, when Steph gets like that, you know, I don't, I don't, I know I'm in the minority to where I enjoy the Warriors, but I just saw so I don't much think you are. The, really? People like to hate on the People like to hate on the Warriors. They, they think, it, like, it's the cool thing to hate on the Warriors. It's like how there are certain people that have Androids, and I feel like you hear more from the Android people than you do from, like, people that just own an iPhone. You know what I mean? Year. They're like, <laughs> people like to hate on things that are popular. That's true. And you know, okay, well, this gets much deeper, but I've been <laughs> teaching the past couple of Sundays about uh, like influence and like things that influence your life to like youth. And I'm like, what things do you give power to influence your oh, point preach. of views oh, or, preach. Your, <laughs> or your like identity? And no, 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 no. Hey, I got a point, point with this. <clears throat> if you're on Twitter so much and you follow a certain you demographic Why are you coming people, at me? <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying you follow a certain demographic of people, then it becomes your point of view. It becomes your worldview that this is how life is or this is how everyone everyone thinks this way based off the demographic you follow. It's that, that it's that phrase that my parents always said growing up, show me your friends and I'll show you who you're going to be in, you know, in five years. Show me your Twitter followers. and Show, <laughs> show me who you follow on Twitter and I'll show yeah. you what kind That's of... What- and that's why, like, it gets um, it gets dangerous. Even when you get into like the politics world, and I'm, obviously I'm not going to talk much about this, but like that's why for me I like to follow people on both sides. Like I follow somebody that's extreme right, extreme left, people in the middle. I want to hear every side because if you follow a certain demographic, it's just one you know side of the argument. You're going to think that that is the logical, the easy side to it, and so. Anyway, that's a much deeper topic, and it's just been on my mind. I've been teaching that the past couple weeks. Speaking of deep topics, today we are getting into our draft profile of Mohamed Bamba. Momo. We're excited. This is going to be a good one. Hey, Nick. Nick, can he play in the finals? Mohamed Bamba could definitely play in in these NBA finals for sure. I got the money ball hive after me tonight. Yeah, they they were all going at you. So no, listen, that's listen, what, that's what okay. we're going to talk about today. That is, uh, we're going to do the draft profile just like we've done before. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Mo Bamba today. It's going to be good. the The rest of the week, we are doing a couple other uh, profiles, and then next week, we are just doing all profiles, just all straight through profiles of uh, Mikael Bridges, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Miles Bridges and Wendell Carter Jr. We got a couple more second round pods that we're going to do talking about uh, different players that the Mavs could target in the second round. It's a lot of really good stuff. And speaking of which, Isaac, last month in May <laughs> was our highest listened month ever by a significant margin. It's so yeah. thank you to all the new people that have just 
just joined us on Locked On Mavs. We really appreciate it. It uh, it helps us out a lot, and uh, we are thankful for the day ones that have just been here since the beginning. The raccoons. <laughs> Is that what we're calling them? Uh, no, no, we can't. Maybe somebody reach out. Um, no, you no. just got to put the raccoon. You got to put the rut in front of it. Yes. So day ones, and for people that's not day one, I told a story about a raccoon back when we first started the podcast and in his so backyard. Day ones, day ones know know about that story, but no, today should be fun. It should be listened to a lot today. Everybody. Uh, wants to talk about Bamba. He's there in most mock drafts to to the Mavericks, and he's connected a lot. It's he's divisive. You know, there's people that's all against Bamba. There's people it's all for him, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun for us to talk about him today. Yeah, we've also been on this podcast for a year now. We didn't really do anything special about it. We should have, but uh, yeah. we're we're past it now. We're we're too deep into the draft stuff. A full year, guys. We've been doing this a full year. It's insane. It's crazy. Over 200 episodes. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, we can't even... Last last May that we came in and we're like, man, we took over a daily podcast a month out from the draft. We had the ninth pick. And we're like, what the crap? And what are we going to be able to talk about every day? And literally in over a year, um, it's cool the community and everyone that's built around this podcast and... It's cool. And of course, you know, I work for Mavs.com now and stuff too. And hearing the the organizational side too, like they know about the pod and they talk, you know, it's just like, they're like, wow, look at the community that's built around, you know, Locked on Mavs podcast and stuff too. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And uh special thanks to Mark Cuban, who's an avid listener of the show. <laughs> we think, no, just kidding. We don't know. Uh, okay, Isaac, let's go ahead and talk about Muhammad Bamba. We're going to do this just the same way we've done other draft profiles, but if you haven't listened to one of those before, we talk about the strengths, weaknesses, the availability of the player in the draft, where we think that, that player is going to go, the ceiling and the floor of a player, so what type of player they could be, if they could be all-NBA, if they could be an all-star, if they're just going to be a role player. We'll talk about an NBA comparison for these guys, uh, a future role, and then their roster impact, so what would the Mavericks have to do? Is a player going to have to be on the move? Is a free agent definitely gone if they draft this guy? What free agents could the Mavericks target uh, for the rest of the summer? And then end with why the Mavs should take him and why the Mavs should not take him. So Isaac Harris, let's start with Muhammad Bamba right after this message or these messages. It depends. I don't know how many messages are going to play after this. All right, Muhammad Bamba, the, uh, Seven foot. We'll call him seven foot. If KD's seven foot, then Mohamed Bamba's seven foot. The seven foot big man from the University of Texas with the seven nine wingspan. The insane seven ten. Seven ten. Wait, sorry, sorry. I'm selling him yeah. short. The seven ten wingspan, which is the record at the combine. Uh, only two hundred fifteen pounds. Um, so he's got definitely some some room. He's got some room to grow for sure. But just insane measurables. Uh, the basics for him. He. He's he's a shot blocker extraordinaire. I mean, think I think he averaged like five blocks per thirty six minutes or something like that. Just an insane number. His block percentage is just insane. I think he blocked like I don't know what was it twenty percent of all shots that were <laughs> put up when he's on the floor. It's just nuts the way that he can uh, command the floor on that end. And uh, he's an interesting prospect for sure. He's got a jump shot. We've seen the we've seen the workout videos, and at least he took the, took some of them in game action. I think he averaged like twenty eight twenty eight percent, twenty seven percent 
um, from the three point line in college. So there's at least some baseline there. It's not like, you know, remember Aaron Baines when Aaron Baines just all of a sudden started taking threes and we're like, what the heck, where is this coming from? Like came out of nowhere and we're like, there's no basis for this. There's no, (laughs) he's just taking them and we don't know if he's good at this or not. Uh, there's at least some, he's made some threes in college. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I think he attempted 51 threes in college and just the, um, to have the confidence to, to take those. A lot of them, you know, I watched, I've been watching a ton of tape on Bamba and, a lot of those threes, you know, were in transition also, and which was it's quite impressive. And I was back last week. I <laughs> tweeted out a couple uh, gifs on my Twitter, uh, just about different, you know, just a couple of big threes that he hit. And you know, laugh about it all you want. We everybody saw the workout video with Drew Hanlon, and you know that's what you know. I was reading. Um, he had a workout with the Bulls the other day, and this is the one thing with the Mavs. You wish the Mavs really pushed their pre-draft workouts. Um, because you see teams like, I mean, the Bulls, they're tweeting out from their official Twitter, like quotes from Bamba and like yeah. graphics. And he, like, he, he, you know, he's wearing the Bulls shirt in the workout and like all this stuff. The Lakers do like a video for every single player that comes yeah. in and works out for them. Lakers are awesome with it. And so, the maps uh, don't even tell you who it is. Who no, in. like it's just like random, you know, people want to try to report it. Um, but, but with Bamba, you know, he was talking in that and he was like, man, my shot is completely different than, you know, this past season at Texas. And, you know, that's, that's the key for him as a prospect of taking, of being the next level, because, you know, we're going to hear Gobert a thousand times in this podcast because the wingspan and just that type of role. But if he can knock down that shot consistently from three, that takes him just to a different level with that. And it's just a matter of whatever team that is working him out, if they're a believer in it. And I think the shot looks good. Like, okay, I, it's pretty obvious I like him more than Jaron Jackson. I still like Jaron Jackson a lot. But, like, I like Bamba's form better than Jackson's form. Jackson hit him at a better, you know, percentage. But uh, if we're like talking about double. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, you know, whatever minutes. But still, I, I like I like Bamba's form with that for sure. But, yeah, I mean, shot-wise, if we're still going on strengths, like, rebounding holy crap yeah <laughs> like when you when we look at when looking at synergy stuff and the, like the ratings and everything with the excellent down to like poor like he has two excellent categories on synergy and like the top thing is offensive rebounds and i watched he had he had 71 possessions where he got an offensive rebound and he put and he scored 95 points off those 1.3 points possession on offensive rebounds. The Jeez. dude just, I mean, when you have, a, he has a 7 foot 10 wingspan with a 9.75 standing reach. So we've talked about this on the podcast before, but that is a quarter of an inch from the rim. So that is him standing <laughs> flat foot, arms straight up, and his finger are a quarter so of an inch from the rim. So like you see different plays in college where he gets a rebound and he, if he doesn't bring the ball down, which they, you know, they're going to really drill in his head. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's literally all day. You grab the board and he doesn't bring the ball down. You just like throw it back in. I think one of the biggest problems is offensive like interference for some, for a guy like that. How many times is that going to get called when it's so easy to have your hands? I mean, he could tiptoe and dunk a volleyball probably. Yeah. Cause if you're up there, there's just so many clouds and like there's interference (laughs) and you just like can't see. So you got to be able to, got to be able to look through all that and be able to see if you're getting it on the rim or not. 
<laughs> also, if you're above the rim, it's harder to see than if you're like directly below it. The uh, another another percentage percentile I want to throw at you is against man defense. And I thought this was interesting. We're going to really talk about this with Mikel Bridges because I can't gush about Mikel Bridges enough and his percentage percentiles and stuff on Synergy as far as relating to the rest of the people in college basketball. Speaking of which, we are doing the Locked On Draft. If you guys remember last year when we first started this, we did a Locked On Draft with everybody. So every single podcast gets to draft their player. There's trades. Last year, we made a trade with the Pistons and traded down from 9 to 13. We drafted Donovan Mitchell, and we got Stanley Johnson for Seth Curry. So I think yeah. uh, I think we made out with that one pretty good. We don't we don't have Dennis, but you have Donovan Mitchell, Stanley Johnson, you have Harrison Barnes still, and then you have this pick. So I think that one. Yeah, we feel we feel pretty confident about it. We like we like that one. So this so year we're, we're gonna do we're that again. Dylan and right and uh, our our goal this year is to uh, to come away with Bamba and then Bridges, who we will talk about <laughs> next week. Yes, um, but Bamba against man defense. He had 259 possessions against man defense. He ran, He ranks in the 90% percentile, an excellent rating from percent, you know, from synergy on that. And it's just, you know, we'll talk more about him in a little bit as far as, but something I want to mention with transition, like he was pretty good in transition. He has the super long strides. You know, obviously he's getting hit with like oops and just on the run, stuff like that. He's not going to, he doesn't have the Jackson handle. You know, that's he doesn't have the give me the ball and hey, I can do a spin move, something right. like that, off the dribble. But I thought this was probably the most telling thing that I found. We we will talk about like his role in the NBA is probably like an expanded Gobert Capella type, right? We like yeah. a rim running, yeah. you know, on the offensive you know, end of the ball. Rim running that also has the uh the option of pop possibly. Yeah, pick and pop. This is this was crazy to me. He only had forty four, and this is where it comes into like college ball and taken away from college ball. He only had forty four possessions last year that he was the pick and roll man. Out of the forty four, only fifteen of those possessions that he he was the roller to the basket. Like Jeez. that that part is that's what I'm saying. Like he will hit that mark in the first month of his first NBA season. Like how many times in an NBA game is he going to be playing the pick and roll and he's going to be rolling to the basket, especially in a system like Dallas's system. So like, that's what he's going to. And like, I tweeted out this, uh, this gift last week of him catching this pass. And I sent, I texted it to Nick. I was like, this is just stupid that he could pull this off. It was a horrible pass by his point guard, but it was like way behind him. And the dude jumps up and it's like inspector gadget arms and catches the ball, corrals it in, then goes up and dunks it. And, his catch radius, I mean, Nick and I have joked in a text before about J.J. Barea, like what J.J. will do. <laughs> we thought we thought J.J. lobbed it up for like Nerlens and some people. J.J.'s just going to be like throwing it over his shoulders and kicking it and just throwing it anywhere up in the air and saying, J.J. JJ Barea is notorious for throwing it too high or throwing it too wide for these guys. He's not going to be able to do that with Muhammad Bamba at all. And by the way, NBA 2K, J.J. Barea still throws lobs and they're too <laughs> – too high in my in my my career it happened twice to nerlands in the last game <laughs> i thought that was really funny i, I thought you were that. the center on your 2k thing i know they played me with nerlands oh gosh <laughs> and dwight powell and salah well also there's a a game with the lakers where they played uh bogut and zubach at the same time oh gosh I was like, what are you what are we doing here get them out of there 
So yeah, he, the catch rate. He's those are things that Wingspan helps you with. Uh, Wingspan is brought up so much, and if you look at the guys that are playing right now, I mean like Javale McGee, like uh, Kevin Durant, like just the the mistakes that they make, they can make up. They can make up for those errors with their wingspan. You know, it's just it's very for, it's more forgiving. I mean, even look at the guards like George Hill has a long wingspan, Andre Iguodala has a long wingspan. These guys that you know can make up for maybe missing on on a on a rotation or missing on something just by an extra some extra length. I mean, obviously Giannis for sure. Uh, you know, you just look at some of these guys and and that's what that's a, a huge huge plus. And it's going to be talked about too much and I think I'm going to end and we're going to end the wingspan talk right there. That's it. What no, else? No, no, no. What, what I just <laughs> want to say like it gives him and I've said this on this pod before, but like it gives him an extra step on both like ways you're thinking about as far as we want to have that discussion of can he play against certain lineups? Well, if he gets switched off on a smaller guy, let's just say let's just say Steph Curry. Like in I mean, of course that's a disaster. Like, oh my gosh, what can he do? Well, Bamba gets an extra step because of that wingspan. It gives him an extra step if he sags off a little bit. It gives him an, a little bit extra step as far as if when you have a seven ten wingspan of contesting at three. It also gives you the extra step if Steph Curry blows past him, which he you know he will most players most bigs. He blows past him. He gives him that extra step to you know catch up to him and block it off the backboard. So yeah. I don't understand ever the argument of wingspan is overrated. Like I'm a huge wingspan dude. It doesn't mean everything, but it means a lot to me when it comes to you know prospects and stuff. And imagine trying a step back against that too. <laughs> yeah. How far are you gonna have to go have back? Fun with that. <laughs> how fun? How far are you gonna have to go back to get that over the top of him? Yeah. Any other uh, strengths that you want to give? For Mo Bamba, we talked about the shot. We talked about defense rebounding. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit too, but like his personality and intelligence. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that his his off the court just persona, like everything about him. I mean, we obviously have never, never talked to him personally. I haven't. Like, there's a good there's you- a good video from uh, I think it's Ball is Life where they're at the McDonald's All American game and it's um it's Mo Bamba has the mic and it, DeAndre Ayton is there and then remind me the other guy's name. Oh gosh, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. He's not in this class. They look really young. I don't though. think. Yeah, they're at the McDonald's All American game, so I think it's either this this past year they had all committed to their colleges at this point. So okay. Um, so but he's interviewing those two guys and just the personality and just going back and forth and uh, kind of some trash talk a little bit, just like some fun, playful banter. You can just see that he's a he's a fun personality and he's uh he's really well spoken too. Yeah, and that's what I mean when the whole Bomba, you know, Bomba Boston stuff came out. You know, that was one of the main things was they were talking about Boston, you know, loved him in that sporting news report and they were talking about like his, you know, his off the court stuff, his interviews. People can't rave enough when they interview Bomba. And one of the things that stuck out me of the combine is you know, he was at the combine. He, of course, he didn't play five and five, any of that stuff. But they said he interviewed like 16 or 17 teams. And like he wanted to. He wanted to talk to the teams. And like he embraced it because he just loves that type of stuff. He went to the Sloan Conference, Analytic Conference, two years in a row. Took his sister one year, I'm pretty sure. He visited Harvard, like all that stuff. Like he I, is. I, I heard he was accepted into Harvard too. Yeah. I mean, so like that, that's just crazy. So the, the off the court things that's what and that's that plays into this whole thing of when i've been preaching this past like month or so saying 
Once Bamba gets in these personal workouts, teams will absolutely love him. From talking to him, interviewing him, seeing the measurements and wingspan up close, and now if he if he can hit that shot and stuff like he's doing with Drew Hanlon in these workout videos, mm-hmm. that he can do them in these personal workouts, teams are going to absolutely love him. For sure. That's definitely a huge strength, for sure, for sure. Let's move on to weaknesses. Um, obviously, size is a, is kind of a weakness. I think he started at the uh, size as far as like uh, strength and girth, I guess. That's something that can definitely be fixed. Uh, but we've also seen with Nerlens that if you don't have that right personality, if you don't have that right work ethic, that it could still be an issue throughout your career. Uh, we've also seen Kevin Durant not <laughs> not give a damn about it, <laughs> not, not care at all. Um and it not matter for him. Yeah, and it not matter at all. So uh, I think Bamba started out his college career 215 pounds, and then now at the combine, I think his official number is 225. So he at least gained yeah. 10 pounds in, in college. So you'd hope that that was him looking at it and being like, okay, I got to actually you know, put on some weight and hopefully not just a freshman 15. Yeah, and like there's plenty of people you can go across the league. Like look at the before uh, before and like present pictures of Giannis. That's, like, that's are, the one. Those are crazy. Or Anthony and, Davis like, too. Anthony Davis, yeah. And, like, one that, you know, I think Draft Express uh, tweeted out was, like, Hassan Whiteside and how yeah. I know it took Whiteside a little time to, like, you know, get click into the league and actually, like, stay there. But, like, Whiteside came in the league exactly what – he came in the league at 227, and which is, you know, just a couple pounds heavier than Bamba. And now he's at, like, 265. And people are like, man, he can't even play right now in the playoffs and he's too slow or whatever it is with that. So, yeah, I, I'm not – once again, I think wingspan makes up for a little bit of the um, lack of girth. Because we talked about before, like, where does that girth, where does that strength come into play? Boxing out, rebounding, uh, positioning down low, stuff like that. Well, wingspan helps out a little bit with that. Just Oh, for sure. For sure. It does. But that, that would be a weakness for sure. And it I, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I think that goes also with, uh, like, the Stevian wrote a couple times on their profiles about him that he had an issue uh, screening. Like, he was either just, he screened just to say that he screened, and then he would roll out or he would pop out and uh, just try to get the shot or just try to roll to get the, the rim. It wasn't setting really good screens. I think that size, too, could af- can affect that as well, which is yeah. something that he's going to have to work on because if they draft Bamba, you have Dennis and Bamba pick and rolls. That's, you know, just all day. <laughs> just, just all day yeah. run that. And, uh, and he's going to have to hit – he's going to have to hit those screens for sure, which I think is definitely something good that can be coached. And I don't know how much he was carrying it, you know, at Texas in those yeah, and he, little and things. He, you know? I mean, he came out – I mean, it was a month ago and said – you know, he was interviewed about would he have came into the league if he was able. <laughs> I mean, he was very open. Like, yeah, I mean, I would have came into the league. Like, Texas yeah. was just – I knew going into Texas it was just, a you know – a small stop in the, in, in everything. So I'll say, I'll say this, there's a, there's a couple in watching a lot of tape of Bamba. Like, yeah, he, and there is some, like when he gets switched off on some smaller guards, there, there is some times in, yeah. in film and stuff that he does get blown past. And whether that is the defensive scheme, whether that's something he needs to work on, like lateral speed, you know, it's not the best. I think it's more positioning that he's going to have to figure out, if he if he does get blown past, he needs to sag off some and trust that wingspan to that he can contest a shot because there are some crazy some crazy plays of how far he's sagging off a defender and they think they have room to shoot and like they go up for a shot and how he gets to a ball and blocks it and tips it it just amazes me but yeah I mean that and and here here's you know 
he's not an Embiid Towns offensively. No. And he's not a DeAndre Ayton offensively. Like mm-hmm. that is that's the if you want that, that is going to be that's I don't see Bamba being that. He's and not DeAndre I, Jordan though. Where you like, he's you not, he's not, but in, in, this is where, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about this now because I had this in the ceiling floor, but like he, Bamba is really hard to project because as far as like offensively, because he's not Capella Tyson Chandler, but he's not in B towns. He's not going to be, I think he'll give you a little bit more offensively. He's going to give you what Capella Tyson Chandler, Deontay Jordan, Gobert give you offensively. De- de- defensively. Or he's well, gonna, like, no, 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 no. He's going to give you everything they give you offensively, yeah. but he's going to give you a little bit more, but not as much as in being towns, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because of the shot, like DeAndre Gobert, Capella, Tyson Chandler, those guys are, they've never been able to shoot from the three. I think Capella, I mean, uh, Bamba will have that, but he's not going to be a guy that you're going to post and throw the ball to and say, hey, go get me a basket. And like DeAndre Aiden, Towns, Cousins, like all those guys, like he's not that either. So if you're okay with him being a Capella Gobert type with the three point shot, and your system is, you know, built for that, then I think he will excel. It's just it's kind of what we've talked about before. If he goes to like an Atlanta something like that, to where like, hey, we need you to get you know twenty five to thirty tonight. We're gonna throw you the ball in the post. We want to develop your post, you know, something like that. That's where I get really worried with Bamba. But I don't. But Dallas ain't gonna you know ask that of him. That's not gonna be his role. Yeah, because when we talk about the system, Carlisle likes to have a couple guards and even wings that can all dribble the ball, make plays, run some like actions around the top. You have like your Dwight Powell type that just sort of runs around, sort of like your kind of your rim runner that just sort of like runs the baseline. It's not as much like in in middle school when I was playing on the team, we had this one play that they would call and just I would just roam the baseline and just literally just they're like, all right, just go back and forth across the baseline. And so I was like, all right. And I was awful at like learning plays and stuff, but I, so I would just run back and forth and he's not gonna he's not gonna be doing it the bigs don't do that but you have all these these playmakers and then you have your, your bigs that either come up and set screens or you have an action run for you know a dirk type or harrison barnes to get a, a iso you know opportunity on the right side left side on the on the wings on the blocks you know things like that so they, they try to set up plays for their go-to scorers the dirks the harrisons you know guys like that or you have your guards yeah. and kind of bail them out and so Bombo would fit into that for sure because you have these guards that can make these plays you have these guys like an iso where Bamba is kind of like roaming around in that area where he can grab an offensive rebound he can grab you know he can grab a uh you know set a pick or set a screen or something like that that that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the system yeah and uh, and that's what I mean he's gonna step in like how many times do we see Dwight Powell on the post you know doing a post move like not very often. Yeah, especially no, not, not when that that one lineup that we've talked about a lot, that bench lineup where it was Yogi, Dennis, you know, or Yogi, Devin, uh, JJ, and then it was Dirk and then Dwight. Like never, <laughs> you know, yeah. never would would Dwight Powell be setting up or try to get his own shot unless it was like a last second, you know, something where he had to just throw something up. Yeah, and that's and that's what they're gonna ask of somebody like Bamba. It's gonna be. Hey, like r- roll to the rim, rebound, give everything you got, you know, hit an open three, you know, like, and I, I think he'll be able to be a three point shooter, like better than Dwight Bow. So I sure hope so, Isaac. <laughs> All right. That's uh, the strengths and weaknesses for Mo Bamba. That's a, uh, it's a lot of stuff. 
But uh, there's more things to talk about. We'll talk about his uh, his ceiling floor. And Isaac, coming up next, I will tell you why Mohamed Bamba could be the greatest thing to ever happen to the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> All right. Mo Bamba could be the greatest thing to happen to the Dallas Mavericks because his ceiling, like his ceiling is the defensive player of the year for sure and a potential All-NBA slot. I agree completely. I as as for as like as far as like a ceiling slash comp of like who could we could expect? I don't know. Like I mean, I think the easiest ones go bear with the shot, but like you look for somebody that, like fits that more. I just don't know. Like I don't. He's not like because because he's not like offensively skilled like Anthony Davis and Towns and Embiid. So I don't like that comp. I don't really like the. Capella Tyson Gobert comp completely because I think he'll be a better offensive player than that. So it's like I really struggle with what exact comp. I mean, Gobert with the shot is like the best thing you could say, but like exactly what you said. Defensive player of the year potential. I mean, all NBA first, you know, I mean not all NBA, but like first team all defense. Like Yeah. Oh yeah. He's gonna be your anchor for the next decade, probably. Yeah, and as long as they still have to put a center in those all NBA teams, he could make it. If they if they take out yeah. the center spot and they do like front court, I don't think he can make it at that point. So that's that's what kind of ceiling I think that he can be. Uh, NBA comps, yeah the the Rudy Gobert with the jumper. Well, what do you think his floor is? Let's talk about that first. What do you think? Bob Tyson floor? Chandler. Tyson, Tyson Chandler. Chandler won Defensive Player of the Year one year. Yeah, that's why I think Bob's floor. I mean, I just think he I I view him as this like. His floor as this, just a rebounding lob threat. I mean, that's his floor to me. I think his I floor think- is like right now Dwight Howard. Okay. Well, like Dwight Howard had a pretty good year this year, but he's not gonna like blow you away. He's gonna do the things that you want him to do, but he's not gonna he's not gonna revolutionize or change a team. Where Charlotte was still terrible, you know. Yeah, like I don't. No matter what situation he goes into. He will be able to catch lobs and yep. he'll be able to rebound. Yeah, like those. I mean, that, and block shots. So like that doesn't I, go away. <laughs> those things are going to happen. It's just a matter of you know then system you know ex- having him in a system that where he can excel, shoot three if he develops that blah 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 blah. But I don't know. I guess I need a better comfort floor than Tyson. Here's here's one that I've heard a lot from people, and we have had this conversation on the podcast Stop. before but for people Stop. that but, but, but for people that have not heard us have this conversation before there have been people that say why is bomba not just a slightly bigger nerlands explain to the i don't think you should explain to the people i think i will explain to the people because isaac's head is down and he's just in complete disdain uh the dip, the name. difference between muhammad bomba and nerlands noel size for sure uh, Nerlens's wingspan was like seven four. Bamba's is seven ten. That's a very big difference. I think Bamba's a little bit taller than Nerlens. Uh, still, I think Bamba is coming into the NBA bigger. Nerlens came into the NBA at like two hundred and six pounds, and yeah. Bamba's coming in at like two twenty five, which is what his combine number was. So twenty pounds bigger than him at this point. He has the shot, so he has you know at least a, a basis of a shot, whereas Nerlens is still doing his like fadeaway at all times <laughs> jumper that he has. The rebounding, I think, is better for Bamba. Uh, I think he's going to be able to grab more rebounds because Nerlens is just pushed around a lot. And uh, and then uh, other difference, the blocking shots, like like 
Nerland's tried a lot to get blocks and steals. You know, I think that's what Nerland's really tried to do. And I feel like Bamba can can be talked into and can be coached into playing a role on defense more than Nerland's was going to be able to. Yes. All of those points, and they are quite polar opposites personality stuff-wise also. This is true. Coach, coachability and just yeah yeah we'll, we'll leave it at that so that's Nerlens that's the difference guy. you know Nerlens is my guy yeah. and i wish him nothing but the best i just messaged him the other day and like rooting for him man like he's you know i hope he succeeds but like bomba's just you know different personality than Nerlens. yeah future role in the the nba or in uh, on the mavericks he comes in Day one, does Bamba come in as the Mavericks starter at center? Uh, oh, that's tough. Um, it is tough. He should, and I think he would. He will. But there is a scenario in which I could see them saying, hey, let's roll out Dirk and Dwight Powell or Dirk and a free agent. Like, if they get a, if they get a free agent, I could see them rolling out Dirk and the free agent four and bringing Bamba off the bench, like, for one year. Or like half a, and him still getting a lot of minutes, but like Dirk as the honorary starter, you know. Whereas I don't think that could happen at all. I think that this pick is so high, and that the Mavericks are at such a point in their their franchise where even if it doesn't make such great basketball sense, that that number five pick has got to play. They have to show fans this is a guy that they can put their trust into, which what they did with Dennis. Now point guard was a need for them, but they did have some quality. They probably had the best back backup point guards in the league with with yogi devin and jj had all three of those guys coming off the bench so you could you could have said the same for dennis like oh he'll start behind jj he'll come off the bench but they decided day one and it surprised us i remember i think we we should go yeah. and listen back to our uh, our live draft thing from last year i think that would be kind of funny so if you go back and look, we were surprised that Carlisle said coming day one, he he is projected to be the starter because we were all nervous that Carlisle wasn't gonna wasn't gonna like him, wasn't gonna you know work with him, and he proved Carlisle proved a lot of that wrong last year, where he he knew that there was this emphasis on this draft pick that this is a high draft pick that we need to invest in this guy, and so he went, he flew his plane down to to Fayetteville and he went and visited him, visited his family, went wanted to see where he played high school, wanted you know wanted to do all those things, and Carlisle invested in him. I think the investment is gonna be the exact same as Bomba, and I think Dirk comes off the bench next year. Oh, 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 spicy take. I no, do. I, and this is, this is you brought up a good point with that. Like, this is why I laugh at the people on Twitter that always says, you know, with some of these quote, like quotation mark head cases of these basketball players, whether it's Aiton, whether it's Bagley, whether it's somebody that uh, has a weird personality or somebody that is going to really struggle defensively as a big. And I always, and it cracks me up when I see people is like, oh, Rick's going to kill him. Rick's, you know, uh, yeah. him with Rick's going to be crazy. Rick just went through a whole season with Dennis Smith Jr. as his, like, his rookie point guard, okay? You know, if, like, there was a time, like, you know, no matter how good Dennis was or, like, his personality – it had to make Rick just cringe at times. Some decision making, some like different things that he had to go through, and it seemed like nothing. There was no, never a Rondo moment, and I feel like a lot of people no. going into last year thought that we might have at least one semi like not really like boiling point, but like something to where the media could be like, "Oh man, like this is where it's really starting to." There could be something there, Tangent. and it was. There was never any sign of that, None. like from 
from on the like public standpoint of that. And that was pretty amazing. And that says a lot about Rick. And I've been really critical of Rick in the past. I've even wrote a story about Rick's like questionable relationship of with some past players on at different stops. But that it spoke volumes to me of the links that Rick went to to have a solid relationship with Dennis. And I think that comes from the top down. I think that comes from Cuban and Donnie Nelson. And they're like, hey, we need to invest in this guy. We need to invest in the future. They're going to do the exact same, especially since this pick is is higher, a lot higher. I think the difference between five and nine is a lot, <laughs> especially yeah. for this for this franchise that doesn't have to pick that high since Jason Kidd was drafted. Yeah, yeah I agree completely. Roster impact, uh, you could say that Dirk moving to uh, either to the four or moving to the bench is a, is a definite roster impact. I think Salah is gone if they get Mobamba. Yeah, I think he's gone anyway. Think, I think him and Nerlens are gone for sure. Yeah, I think both of the, yeah, Nerlens, Nerlens in my mind already gone. Uh, <laughs> Nerlens is gone. Well, anyway, <laughs> Nerlens had, had, had been gone. So, <laughs> uh, A guy like Jonathan Motley, what does this do for him? Uh, I literally have what about Motley question mark. What about Mott? Because like either way, like they determined last year that at this point in Dirk's career, he's best at the five. Yeah. If you bring in Bamba, that's a five. Um, you still you're still paying Dwight Powell, and then like what's you know like what what happens with Motley and all this. So so you're telling me I want I want to make sure of this. So you're telling me if it had to come down to Bamba coming after uh, off the bench or Dirk coming off the bench do you think Dirk would come off the bench before Bamba Dirk has already talked about it this offseason that he, he would talked come about on- last year too he talked about it last year a little bit but he talked about it already this year that he is willing to come off the bench and I think that the draft pick's gonna be so big and I think it's gonna make such less basketball sense <laughs> for it to, for it to happen it, all, it just all depends it all depends on what the training staff and Dirk could come to an agreement on of how they can keep him ready. Because this like everything he does before the game to be ready for that tip is strategically planned. We're talking like two hours before the game. We're talking Dirk doesn't if you ever, if people has ever come to a game before, he's never on the court, on the actual court when you get there. You never you're never gonna see him. Because he's down in the practice gym for like two hours before tip off. He has everything strategically planned down between down down to the national anthem. And if you ever notice like the team is like I'll put their hands in, they say their thing, whatever. Dirk's never in that because he's running past the bench as the lights are coming back on from the starting lineup. Everything is strategically planned for him to be completely Completely warm, everything you see him jumping around. So my thing is, and I was talking with um, somebody about this the other day with Mad Stuff, and we were talking about ideas to where if Dirk did come off the bench, what would happen? And I was throwing at this guy, I was like, listen, what would Dirk like is it possible for him to skip the national anthem and like to be working out and to come and have a coach with him in the practice thing right there in the arena and say have a clock, have a wristwatch, and say, okay, well, or a phone or something, and say, hey, you know, we're at the five-minute mark in the first quarter or eight-minute mark, whatever. Let's go. And him go straight from the practice court, straight to the bench, and go into the game. Is that possible? Is that okay? Then, like, he's, not allowed, he's not allowed to leave the uh, the the line from the national anthem. This so, like, as soon as the, the anthem's NFL, over, Isaac. okay, well, as soon as the anthem's over and he goes out, like, and yeah. he's not on the bench. He's go and he's like working out whatever. I think we've seen uh, this guy throughout uh, uh, Jason Terry, and I think in one of like Terry something Terry would be riding yes, the I bike. Think Skin was talking about this. He was. 
Yeah, skin had talk, skin talked about this at least uh, either on the numbers on the board or on on one hundred five three. He's talked about this where Jason Terry would be riding the yeah. bike and trying to get warmed up. So like that's the thing of you know would the bike be uh, enough for Dirk? There's just a lot to goes that goes into that. And your question is how how if it's DeAndre Ayton and you're picking one or two, I don't think you can mess with that. You, they start and you think Dirk will play around with that. But I really think if they do draft Bamba, I think they'll start together. I think Dirk and Bamba will start together. They'll run it for a few minutes and then they'll take Dirk out and they'll put somebody else in. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, what what could go wrong in those few minutes? <laughs> no, but I'll say this. A lot of people threw that out last year saying that's why the Mavs got to such slow starts is because Dirk was in there and like the defense and like all this different stuff and a lot of people came after that. But can't play fast. Still, that's my uh, that's my opinion. What is a second round pick pairing that you could see with Oh wait, I was gonna say this real quick. That Go takes ahead. out all free agent centers also. Just a reminder. Yeah, that's a good like, point. I expect no Boogie Cousins Chase at that point. I expect no no Capella nothing along that those lines and if you're capella there is a situation on draft you're watching draft night very very close because if phoenix and dallas walk away with fives it could hurt your paycheck and atlanta with jaron jackson and atlanta so if all three of those walk away walk away with pure fives it it could it could hurt you, but if you're sitting there and like Phoenix takes Luca or like Atlanta takes like Michael Porter Jr. or something like that, Capella's going, oh, give me that max, boy, give me that max. Because the market's going to indicate what he's going to get, and those are the three teams with with the most the most cap space, right? I think Phoenix has the most. I think yeah, somewhere through up there. The Mavericks I mean, it's are up us, there. Yeah. Atlanta has a lot. If Atlanta can get off of Dennis Schroeder, which I don't know. Doubt that they are able to, but if they're able to, then they are going to have the most. <laughs> they're going to have a ton. The yeah. uh, the Lakers are probably going to are definitely going to have a ton, and we'll see what happens with them. They've got their own situation, but I could see the Lakers offering them a huge deal too. So if yeah. if those if those teams walk away with with centers like Isaac said, then the Rockets might not have to give him a max. I mean, he deserves a max probably, but if he can't get it from another team, then why just offer it straight up? Exactly. That's not Maury ball, Isaac. That's not how Daryl Maury balls. <laughs> All right, a second round pick pairing with Mo Bamba. A- any of the guys that we've talked, any of the wings that we've talked about. Um, yeah. Some of the guards that we mentioned, we did a podcast already where we talk about second round wing, uh, second round wings that the Mavericks or the guards that the Mavericks could could target. Uh, but the wings, wings for sure. Your guys, you know, all the guys that you list all the time. Melvin Frazier, Joshua Koji, Kyrie Thomas. I mean, the list goes on of dudes I like on the wing down through there. Do you need to have a shooter? Do you need to have a three and D like shooter with Bombard? Can you get away with a guy that is maybe a oh, minus a shooter because of Bomba's ability to shoot? Um, that's a really good question. I like hmm, like at the four or. We're talking about at the second round, the second round pick pairing. So well, like, any of those okay, wings I, or guards or. Yes, I definitely want a shooter. I definitely want a three and D shooter. I mean, if it comes down to some of these guys that are just defense, like for instance, like if we got, um, I would want one of those guys that could shoot uh, those threes compared to like Jaron uh, or not Jaron. Uh, what's his name? Jackson. Yeah, to Jackson guy. Jaron Jackson. Justin, Justin, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. Yeah. Or Anthony Melton. Yeah, like I wouldn't be a fan of that because. You are going to have 
even like defensively, like we talked about the funnel defense of funneling the guys yeah. uh, into the middle and having Aiton play that, you know, anchor tight. Like that's what you're going to do with Bomba also. And man, like for a guy like Wesley Matthews, that's like, that's a dream because he likes to get up in these guys' grills. He likes to play his physical defense on the perimeter and stuff like that. And I think having a Bomba type would make Wes an even better defender because he knows he can take those risks. He can take those gambles knowing that you got this Blanco from space jam and, you know, in the middle. Exactly. All right, let's finish up with why the Mavericks should take him. Isaac, give me the 32nd reason why the Mavericks should take Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba's on the board. Michael Porter Jr. is on the board. Why should they take Mo Bamba instead of Michael Porter Jr.? Back in the early days of the Hornets franchise, when they were in new Orleans, they had a young pairing that they paired together. And I've wrote about this um, comparison before. But they paired a very, very young, a very early 20s Chris Paul with a brand new baby that they got from Chicago and by a guy named Tyson Chandler that Mavs fans love. Sounds familiar. And they put this pairing together of Chris Paul and Tyson Chandler that looked super scary. And it was super fun to watch. They had David West, and David West would, you know, killed it back then. But that pairing right there, that was for me. That's that's a quiet what if. That's a quiet like what if they stayed together because they were so fun of a tandem to watch with from David Wild. West and Pager. And, yeah, yeah, like I love that team. And so why they should, I think you'd be creating kind of a new age of that. This, you know. We, we talk about Dennis and comps and different stuff like that. Like I see this patience control, Chris Paul type of control that Dennis has sometimes in the paint and stuff. And just pairing, you know, bookending your starting lineup with a one and a five like that and saying, these are, our, this, this is our one and five. Now let's spend the next, how many, you know, year or so finding the in-betweens. Like who's our wings, who's our, you know, shooters, who's our go-to, you know, this and that. And I just think when it comes to the ceiling, like you're looking at a, a potential defensive player of the year, a guy that's going to make all of his, the rest of a team better defensively. We talked about, I talked about West, but I think it makes Dennis Smith Jr. a better defensive player also when it comes to, you know, Dennis being able to be a little bit more aggressive, you know, defensively, different stuff like that, because you do have this anchor behind you. And it just, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for it. You know, I love Bamba. Bamba is, what, three on my big board? behind Aiton. Yep. For the Mavs. Um, yeah. For the, our Mavs big board. And I think he fits the system. Like when you look at the other guys, we talked about like, if you got a DeAndre Aiton, his talent is incredible, but you have to reinvent your system for an Aiton. Mo Bamba steps in the Maverick system day one and will excel. And I think it, it is really the best system and fit for Bamba in the lottery. All right. You said it all. Why the Mavericks shouldn't take him. I will take that angle. There could potentially be guys that have a higher ceiling than Bamba offensively, offensively for sure. But just overall, if you look at some of these guys, I mean, I guess if you look in the finals, you look, you want guys that have this this high upside in on offense that can just get you a bucket that can go and you need these you need multiple players on your team that can go and do that. They can do multiple things. Bamba is not that guy at all. <laughs> he is a guy that is sort of like, I don't know, if you're trying to make a sandwich. Bamba is like like you're trying to okay so you're trying to make a sandwich Bamba is your bread Bamba is the guy that kind of holds things together that can do all these things but then all of a sudden someone's like and then the, the guys that can make the make the shots make their own shots that can create their own is all the fillings and stuff in the middle that's the stuff that actually brings like your nutrients that's the stuff that actually you know makes the sandwich worth eating but Bamba's going to hold that all together now 
teams are completely removing the bread Cali style. They're removing it and they're replacing it with like a piece of lettuce or like a tortilla or something like that. And they're just completely replacing it. And so if you think that that bread is not worth it, and if you think there is enough from someone else, like a Michael Porter Jr., like a Mikhail Bridges, like some of these these wings that are going to be able to create their own shot, they're going to be able to to help you on the offensive end more than Bamba's going to, and can potentially guard some of these guys on the wing as well. If that's what you think, then Bamba's not the guy for you. If you don't think, if you think that bread is done, but there's a lot of bread, there's a lot of bread on other teams. There's all these guys that you mentioned before. There's the Towns, there's the Embiid's, and these guys are young too. The Anthony Davises, these guys are guys that are not just up and coming. Like they are, they are here now, and they are here to stay for the next 10, 15 years. You have your, you have Aiton even coming out. You have all these big guys. And you're going to need a guy that can defend some of those guys. Uh, if you don't think that, and if you want to keep going with this whole positionless basketball, you want guys that can defend multiple positions, then maybe if Michael Porter Jr. works out, you can pick him or Mikhail Bridges. Those those are the two guys, I think. If you're not going to pick Bamba, then I don't think you – if you're not going to pick Bamba for that reason, then I don't think you pick Jaron Jackson. And you definitely don't pick Aiton unless he, unless he falls in. I don't know. I, if that's your rationale, then I don't think you pick him there. So then you're looking at – these are the other guys that I can pick that fit where basketball is right now. Yeah, those are my two things. If you if you want to replicate small ball and this movement, and you think this movement's here to last, and you don't believe, like Bobby Corrales said on a podcast last week, you don't believe the next wave is this big man unicorn type. If you think it is this warrior's type of ball, then you might pass on it and go with a Porter or Bridges like we talked about. Or another reason why somebody like the Mavericks could not take him is if they want that five-man to be better offensively. And to, for instance, I could see a scenario in which Jaron Jackson is a 20-point-per-game score. Yeah. I don't see Bamba as that. No. Like Tyson Chandler, I'm looking at his thing right now, the most he ever averaged in a season was 11.8. You know, and like Rudy Gobert this past season averaged 14 points a game. Like – I could totally see Bamba averaging like 16, 17, something like that. That'd be great. You know, if that, 15, whatever, he'd have some games here and there. But you're also getting, I think you're getting 13 or 14 boards a game, you know, three blocks a game, you know, something like that, and shooting a high percentage, you know, hopefully shooting a high percentage from the field. So, you know, it evens out with that. It's just if if the Mavericks want a more well-versed um, offensive center, then I could see that, you know, and but I, I don't I don't think I think he fits their system. It'll be fine. Personally, I would take Bamba. I wouldn't take him over Jaron Jackson though because of what you just said. But I would take him right now over Bridges and over Porter Jr. for sure. Bridges Bridges still to me is like a no eh, oh, no I don't no, know no no wait for I this podcast though. I don't know I'm, uh, I'm no I'm I where whether I would take him over Bamba or not. Oh no 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 I would take yeah. I've been very clear. I take Bombo. I'm on bridges. the fence. I'm on the fence right now, though. If we landed at three on draft on draft lottery night and Luke and Aiton was gone, I'm I'm saying I want Bomba. I want Bomba at three. I would like Bomba at four or five, <laughs> anywhere through there. I, I, I out of that next group of bigs of Bomba, Bagley, Jackson, I want Bomba. I want Bomba. That's a good way to end this podcast, guys. That's our Muhammad Bomba draft profile. It's a lot of stuff. We'll be back tomorrow with some more uh, draft stuff. Peace out. Boom.